Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunst along with Cindy Jennings. We're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, and the beautiful Diocese of Duluth, the winter, well, the fall. Uh, winter form of the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, on the beautiful shores of Lake Superior. We are coming to you from Stella Maris Academy, St. James Campus. Cindy, how have you been? Great. How was your Thanksgiving? So far, so, oh, I was going to say so far good, so good. I thought you were going to ask about Advent. Uh, it was good. It was very, <laughs> it was very quiet. It was very small. Most of the family kind of goes off to the the in laws at that time, and so it was just a small group of us for Thanksgiving. That's kind of the way things happen at uh, on our family for Thanksgiving. How about yours? Nice. Good. It was smaller, but lots of food. Yeah, well, that's good. So, Turkey? Fun. Yes. How's Advent going so far? Uh, not great for me. What? Why not? No, I'm just busy. I got to okay. just yeah. bring it down. Yeah, exactly. I really do. I mean, but how do you do, marking. How are you going to do that? I just have to get stuff off my plate. So you'll be busy. Still full from Thanksgiving. Well, we hope that all the listeners are having a very good and holy Advent thus far. And we have our guest with us right away. So let's get right, right to our guest, Bishop Daniel Felton from the Diocese of Duluth. Bishop Felton, welcome to the Real Presence Radio. Good morning. I'm very happy to be with you today. Uh, the, the question that I have for the both of you, though, is a very fundamental Thanksgiving table question. So is your preference for a special cranberry kind of homemade sauce or for the ocean spray cranberry sauce, which, by the way, has uh, 20 rings on it? (laughs) You must have been very bored one Thanksgiving, Bishop, to count those. (laughs) No, no, no. Ocean spray, hands down, hands down. Oh, my sister makes an amazing one. My sisters every year find a, a different recipe, and, you know, I partake of it to be polite, but, man, I just go after the ocean spray. Really? Cranberry sauce that's sitting there. That's just a rich part of tradition. Yeah. Same with me. My sister always makes homemade, so I have to try it. But I'm more of a gravy gal, so pour the gravy on, and I eat a little bit of the homemade. What about you? I'm Are not you? A, I'm not a cranberry guy. At all. I don't like any fruits or vegetables. So. Right. And, and pumpkin pie is my favorite pie, so that's Ooh. our big day of the year. Uh, 50 million pumpkin pies are consumed on Thanksgiving Day. Wow. And, many, uh, and you yet, consume? if you're not a pumpkin pie lover, you know, it can be pretty uh, pretty mean, you know, the rest of the year outside of you know, Thanksgiving. I have a friend who once said that if you look up the, the word mundane in the dictionary, it has a picture of a pumpkin pie alongside of it. So, <laughs> obviously, pumpkin pie is not his favorite pie of the year, but it's mine. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, tis the season. How about your Advent so far, Bishop? Um, the Advent has, has been good. And so uh, just trying to spend a little more time in prayer, just growing closer to the Lord and getting ready for the uh, Christmas Christ. And some of the ways that we do that are, are, you know, made easy by the life of the Church. So yesterday I had the opportunity to attend the installation of Bishop Cousins as the new Bishop of Crookston. So Advent is a time of rejoicing as well as preparing and so it was a wonderful occasion. Um, lots of folks were there uh, to be able to celebrate that occasion, and the people of Crookston are very happy now to have a bishop. 
Um, I think Bishop Pates uh, was also happy to be retiring for the third time um, as a bishop, as he keeps getting called into service. He was the administrator there for seven months, but it was it was a day of great rejoicing, and so that's always helpful making our way through the Advent season. And then the two great feasts that are coming up of the Immaculate Conception and Our Lady of Guadalupe, St. Nicholas, uh, as we were able to celebrate that yesterday. So it's almost as though kind of the Church puts uh, along the way in the journey uh, through the Advent season these marvelous celebrations to call us to repentance, but also to call us to rejoicing. So, yeah, my Advent has been going uh, very well. So now, Bishop, I just got the diocesan newspaper yesterday, yeah. and uh, I read with interest your your article, and maybe you can, for the people that are not in the Diocese of Duluth, or even the Duluth Diocese people that haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, maybe you can share a little bit about the article that you wrote for the latest, the December edition of the Northern Cross. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. I think I've mentioned before, as I have been traveling kind of back and forth across the uh, Diocese of Duluth, turned 19,000 on my way to Crookston. Hmm. Um, in the first six months uh, that I have been here, coming up on uh, December 21st, uh, that, you know, I just have encountered, you know, such marvelous expressions of faith uh, that people have, and a durability and a strength and a steadfastness that goes with that faith. Um, Yet at the same time, you know, we acknowledge as a Diocese of Duluth, and I know many other dioceses as well, that there are great challenges uh, that we have been through um, in these past years. And uh, yet, with those great challenges before us, and kind of drawing upon the strength of our faith, um, which is an expression that is a long part of the history of this diocese in difficult times, um, there seems to be what I'm calling a dawning moment, a dawn, um, that we're stepping out of the darkness, and we're stepping into a light. Um, It's not full daylight, but there's more light than darkness and kind of standing in that in that moment of dawning. Um, and in that light, it begins to kind of dawn on us uh, that there's enough light to begin to mobilize to mission again and to discern what that next step into mission might be. And so we're going to be offering some sessions called Let's Listen, um, which is kind of the name of uh, a process or the name of the journey. Um, in the ability to be able to discern what is the Holy Spirit calling us to um, as the next step into our mission. Obviously, the mission is always the same. Uh, It was given to us 2,000 years ago to go out and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. So there's always that element of bringing Jesus Christ uh, to the world and to bring the world uh, in a very special way into a relationship with Him. Um, But at the same time, there's a lot of different ways we can do that. And so rather than my saying, well, let's do it this way, or uh, the diocese, uh, the people here say, let's do it this way, we're going to do these listening sessions for a couple of reasons. One, to listen to one another, but also in listening to one another, to listen to the Holy Spirit that is also speaking to us through one another. Um, And kind of the image that we're using for that is the uh, disciples walking the road to Emmaus. So I'm going to pause there just for a moment before I go into that. Any any comments or thoughts on that? Or no, no. This is um, uh, this is kind of this is not just our own local thing, is it? it? There's it's kind of a bigger picture of what we're doing as a church. Exactly. And so you know, Pope uh, Francis has called us to synodality and to enter into a process of gathering folks uh, to listen to the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit is calling us to. Not necessarily 
a new program or anything new uh, with regard to the teachings of the Church, nothing of that matter. But it's it's an expression of trying to find out what is the Holy Spirit calling us to in our own time. And kind of that that road to Emmaus, as an imagery, is the disciples are walking along and kind of sharing their tribulations, their sorrow, their sadness, their hurts, um, and Jesus joins them along the way and asks them, you know, what are you talking about? And so they share, you know, those hurts, those pains, those sufferings, those disappointments, and tribulations, and then as they journey with Jesus, um, it becomes evident that that relationship to Jesus begins to impact them profoundly as they begin to open up to Jesus and to the hope that he's expressing in the moment. And, and with that relationship with Jesus, he takes them into the scriptures and the teachings of the Church and kind of brings that open and breaks that open, and then ultimately uh, they end up sharing the Eucharist uh, together. And then they run back uh, to tell the other disciples, you know, what's happened. So kind of taking the road to Emmaus, we're going to spend some time at the beginning of that journey in the let's listen. You know, let's listen to our hurts, uh, let's listen to our pains, our tribulations, our challenges in our personal life, um, in the life of our parishes, um, in the life of our, the communities in which we dwell. And allow Jesus to join us along the way, and Jesus is going to ask us, what are you talking about? as you walk this journey, and to share that with him. But as we're sharing that with him, also to share what are our hopes, and how do we hope to be healed, and what's that dawning moment uh, in the midst of our darkness. And as we enter that more deeply and discern the Spirit, uh, which is always calling us into a closer relationship with Jesus, um, that's going to allow us then to move into the teachings of the Church, and to the uh, sacraments, and to the great expressions of God's grace given to us in the Scriptures. And then ultimately, it'll take us to the Holy Eucharist. And um, kind of that's the, the end of the journey, if not the beginning, you know, of that journey. And so, so kind of the let's listen is just the first part of walking the road to a maze, and Jesus joining us and saying, what are you talking about as you're journeying through life? So, Bishop, one of the um, one of the phrases I remember in the seminary was um, talking about census fidelum, you know, about the sense of the faithful. Is that does that play into this? Uh, to this, um, I, I think it could be. Although the sense of the faithful is, you know, a much deep, deeper and wider, you know, understanding where something becomes so self evident that it just is given a name or put into words because it's already there. I think this this uh, has that element to it, but. Probably the words I would use, it's a discernment of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is calling us to in the midst of our pains, challenges, tribulations, but also our hopes and our healing and our search for good health spiritually and physically, that in all of that mix and in sharing that with one another uh, in the listening sessions, that it'll become evident to us, not by our doing, uh, but by the doing of the Holy Spirit, what is the next step that we should take as a diocese into the mission that's been given to us of discipleship and evangelization. How, how's that going to look? I mean, I, I'm sure it's in the planning phase still, but how's it going to look on the practical level, say, like in the Diocese of Duluth? I think on a practical level, we'll begin to hear some continuity, perhaps, or consistency to what those challenges may be. Um, within our own personal lives, within our parishes, within the communities in which we dwell. And, you know, as that becomes more self-evident through that sharing, 
then practically speaking, how is the Holy Spirit calling us to respond to that? Um, so, for instance, you know, one of the challenges that we might uh, have people sharing a lot about would be around family and family life and the many challenges to family life these days. And practically speaking, let people give voice to that, to put words to that, express that, kind of get that out uh, into the, the forum of conversation and discussion. And then as we're discussing that, to just keep praying to the Holy Spirit to disclose to us how can we practically then respond to the uniqueness of the family challenges that we're facing in the Diocese of Duluth. And uh, that would be kind of a concretization of, of this process. Yeah, I you know, it's I've been thinking about this a lot. It's been on my heart. And I've been reading um, different parts, but something that sticks out in my mind is the plagues. So I feel like, you know, the Israelites never escaped the plagues, well, the beginning part of the plagues. And so this is kind of, you know, they had to endure too. And so I feel like this is amazing because it, it allows... Um, all the frustration and all everything going on in our diocese as a family that we can just um, maybe heal from all the stuff that's been going on. Um, so I thank you for that. This is seems like a very good um, good way to do this. Um, and and so, what would you say maybe on a smaller level, like for what we would do individually? Well, in, individually, I think you know a part of the movement of the Holy Spirit that we're trying to discern because this is all about. The Holy Spirit is not about us, but the Holy Spirit speaks to us in conversation and in talking to one another and listening to one another. You know, in that element of the Holy Spirit, personally, how do I prepare for? Let's listen. How do I prepare to hear the Holy Spirit? Part of that is detachment, you know, that when I'm really attached to things, um, it really limits my ability to be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so detachment is important, discernment kind of means cutting away, comes from a Latin word, so there's a lot of possibilities, but the Spirit will call us to a particular next step in the midst of many steps, then cut away those other possible steps. And then ultimately it's surrendering and trusting whatever that next step is of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, kind of as we're doing this as the people of God, as the Diocese of Duluth, it also is a way in our own personal lives in the life of our family, the life of our parish, the life of the communities in which we dwell, to kind of be using that same same journey uh, to be able to, to look at those things uh, in a variety of ways in our life. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunzlow and Cindy Jennings. We're talking to Bishop Daniel Felton, and we'll be continuing this conversation right after this brief break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, 
please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, Duluth edition. We're talking, speaking of Duluth, we're talking to our bishop, Bishop Daniel Felton of the Diocese of Duluth. We've been talking about the the listening sessions that are um, uh, taking place, not only locally here, but uh, nationally and universally. Bishop, one of the things that you had mentioned before the break is that this kind of all leads to Eucharist. And so uh, maybe you can speak a little bit to the reality of how the bishops are involved and then how does that factor into the whole Eucharistic tone of these sure. listening sessions? Sure, that would be great. Um, again, kind of using the road to Emmaus uh, imagery, um, as a symbol of what we're going to set out to do, we, we got to remember that even though we're walking along and, and sharing those hurts, those pains, those hopes, those wantings for healing, that Jesus joins us along the way. So in the end, this is really all about Jesus and walking with Jesus as he is our companion in this journey and then just growing closer to him. And the closer we uh, draw to Jesus, and remember the Holy Spirit has one goal 24-7, and that is to draw us into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. So whatever the discernment is of the next step in the Holy Spirit, it really is that next step into a deeper relationship with Jesus. And then as we get closer to Jesus, we want to know more about Jesus, so we open up the scriptures and the church teachings and the sacraments. But ultimately, um, as that was also a part of the road to Emmaus, it ends up with Jesus being invited into a home and then sharing in the Eucharist. Their eyes were opened, their hearts were filled with passion, and as Jesus continues that journey, they rush off to share what had happened with others. So as we, too, are walking the road to Emmaus, you know, we know what, where the, the journey ends, uh, or like I said, where the journey begins, and that is with the celebration of the Mass, uh, the Holy Eucharist. And so this ties tightly, then, into the bishops of the United States um, have declared the next three years to be a, a kind of Eucharistic renewal, a great opportunity for us to embrace the fullness of the Mass again, the Eucharist that is given to us, um, adoration, um, all of the ways that we grow closer to the real presence of Jesus um, in the Eucharist, and to reflect upon that again, to renew the energy, the life, the love, the joy, the divine mercy, all of the stuff that we need in life that we get in the Eucharist. Ultimately, um, the Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus Christ, is the source of our hope and our healing. 
And so as we begin with Jesus at the beginning of the road of Emmaus, um, so that journey ends, you know, with the Eucharist and the real presence of Jesus. And then the disciples ran off to share that with everybody, that the most incredible thing had just happened, and to call other people. If you're looking for hope, if you're looking for healing, you know, come and meet Jesus um, along the way, have a relationship with Him, get to know Him through the Scriptures, through the sacraments, through the teachings of the Church, and then to invite people to the celebration of the Mass, to Holy Eucharist as the way um, that we can walk that journey with Jesus, not just um, for a moment, uh, but for a lifetime. So the three-year renewal uh, in the Eucharist fits tightly then with our Let's Listen and where all of that is heading and that discernment of the Holy Spirit uh, as the next step. There's a there's a certain level of courage it takes to be a listener, don't you think? I mean, I mean we all like to talk, but to actually listen for the right. church for the for the Holy Father to Holy Spirit to guide the Holy Father to to have these sessions, uh, a level of courage to to be able to be willing and sit down and hear the people. Yeah, and I think that even the words you just used are are profound, Father Rich, as you are profound so often. But <laughs> you use the words hearing and listening. So, you know, we can hear somebody talking, but often we're not listening to what they're saying. And so the manner by which we approach Let's Listen, which will have a, a variety of formats, it'll be done in our deaneries, it'll be done with college students, there might be focus groups of people who are unchurched right now, just to kind of listen to them. I mean, just a whole variety of people that can be a part of the conversation and discernment of the Spirit as we walk with Jesus. Um, but but for a lot of us, um, we think, well, I'll get together and and, and uh, we kind of hear one another. But this is going to be a call to listen to one another, but even more deeply, to be listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in one another. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's the the deeper sense of the listening sessions is not just to share with one another, but to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through one another. And, you know, to, to hear and listen to, to somebody who um, we might not want, we might not like hearing what they have to say. We might right. not like listening. And so, and so it's like, and then how do we respond? So even with listening, there is that response part, and then how do we respond to something that we might not like? You know, and I think that, that part of listening is just being open to at least listening to what that person has to say. In the end, I may not agree with it. In the end, I might be affirmed in the way that I might think about something. But genuinely, for the Holy Spirit's work, part of of that is detachment. I have to detach for a moment from what I think, um, you know, that i got to cling on to and that I'm not going to change my mind on. And if we're really working in the Holy Spirit, then we got to detach from that and, and listen. And again, it may be that I'm changed, you know, in that listening, or it might be that I'm affirmed for way I might think about something or what, how I might believe that. But there's got to be an openness in the moment to the working of the Holy Spirit, and um, and the response to that sometimes can just be to allow the Spirit to speak to us in such a way through that person, but not feel the need to in the moment have to challenge that person or tell them that they're wrong, mm-hmm. but to listen for the Spirit working through everyone. And uh, even though there might be a variety of opinions, but that's the challenge. Yeah. But that's the way the Spirit works. Not our ways, but the Spirit's ways. Bishop, what is, what is your specific role going to be as bishop in this process? How, do you envision yourself going to many of these meetings? or, or what? Sure, what, sure. Okay. So, so 
one, I, as you just said, would imagine myself, you know, doing a lot of listening. But again, it would be easy for me to come here. Well, not easy, but one way to do this would be just for me to be traveling around, listening to people. And then as the bishop, I say, this is what I'm hearing, and I think this is what I, I think we should do. Um, but even my role here as a shepherd, trying to give voice to the flock, it would be to be listening to the Holy Spirit speaking to us through this, and then as the shepherd of the diocese, to try to give words and expression to what the Holy Spirit is calling us to. So ultimately, you know, it'll be up to me to communicate out, you know, what we have heard, what we have discerned, uh, that the Holy Spirit is calling us to as the next step. So that that's my specific role in all of this, and as a bishop, <clears throat> to trust that there's an element of the Spirit working in and through my life as a bishop to be able to speak to that truth and that next step. Yeah, no, that's that's great, Bishop. It's uh, hopefully it's a, um, for a lot of listeners, it's a, an exciting thing to to engage in and uh, to to take on as a church, as a universal church. And so, hopefully, a lot of our listeners will engage in it and be part of it, an active part of it. Uh, if if you don't mind, I'm going to just ask a question about something else that's a um, uh, that's not about the listening sure. questions. You uh, you had written something that was kind of intriguing to me in that. Uh, in the newspaper article about how uh, Christmas, is, the incarnation is a game changer. Maybe you can speak a little bit to that because that's unique yeah. terminology, and I like and, that I terminology. Mean, the first coming of Jesus um, in to the world, God so loved us that He sent His Son Jesus into the world. But as Jesus became one like us, the very element of the deep divine is in all things. And so through Jesus Christ in the Incarnation, literally uh, in the flesh, uh, becoming one like us, um, Jesus says 122 times in a variety of ways, 90 times off his uh, own lips, um, that the reign of God is at hand. Um, And so not just that the reign of God has been ushered in, but it's at hand. It means we can touch it, we can feel it, we can know it, we can embrace it. And so... Every day of our lives, we have the opportunity not only to prepare ourselves for the second coming of Jesus, but every day of our life, because of the first coming, Jesus will come to all of us today. And the events and people and experiences that are filling up this day, that's what incarnation means. It's the game changer, that we don't have to wait for the fullness of that, uh, which we anticipate with great joy uh, in the fullness of God's kingdom at the second coming, the end of time. But even today, I can get a glimpse of that. And with that, uh, all things are changed. Every day is changed. Our lives are changed. And we might find ourselves saying, well, why don't I see that? Well, Jesus went on to say, the reign of God is at hand, so repent. Um, and that means when we sin and when we're turning away from God and from one another, um, that we're not able to see that reign of God that is at hand uh, as clearly. So Jesus calls us to repent, but uh, as is my motto uh, on my uh, coat of arms, there's a third part to what Jesus says as a game changer. Not only is the reign of God at hand, so repent so you can see it, know it, touch it, believe it, embody it, um, but ultimately you got to believe the good news. And the good news is with Jesus coming into the world in the Paschal Mystery, there, there can be suffering and hardship and great challenges, but ours is the victory in Jesus Christ and the victory of the cross is new life and hope and resurrection and healing. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, from the Christian perspective, you know, I mean, our religion claims something that no other world religion ever has, and that that's the creator of the entire cosmos. And the more we know, understand astronomy and science, we know how massive that is, that the creator of the entire cosmos became one of us on this tiny little planet for the love of us. And so, I mean, the claims that Christianity makes only highlights the significance of what the incarnation is. Exactly. Again, said more profoundly than myself, <laughs> Bishop. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, I don't know. I mean, do you want to? I mean, maybe just a, a speak to that a little bit, because I mean, it is kind of crazy when you think about it. What we claim as Christianity seems no other religion would really, you know, reasonably claim. Right. right. And and I think that you know, I, uh, sometimes I'll use the example. You know, we all have a niece or nephew. Um, or someone approach us when they're little and they've learned the new song, the Itsy Bitsy Spider, you know, and I stopped to think one time, you know, what's Itsy Bitsy, you know, and then who decided that it had to be hyphenated, you know, it's an incredible thing, but Itsy Bitsy means it's smaller than it should be, so we tend to take God sending his son into the world, which is just the most incredible thing of all, to become one like us, which is mind-blowing and a great miracle, um, and we make it Itsy Bitsy. So we make like that coming into the world is like grandpa and grandma coming over to the house, which is precious, but that's not what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's The incarnation and Christmas and what we celebrate is anything but itsy-bitsy. Divine life, divine mercy, divine joy, divine hope, all of that has been ushered into the world. It's in the fabric of the world, and just like when you put coloring into frosting, you can, can't extract it, but it colors everything. Um, so Jesus coming into this world as God's divine life and divine love and divine mercy is the food coloring of our faith, and it changes everything. Yeah. Well, that's great, Bishop. I, I appreciate it. That's great imagery. Uh, thank you very much, and I uh, uh, hope you have a great remainder of Advent. Could you give us a, a blessing before we sure. go off to break? So loving and gracious God, as we move through these holy days of Advent, We simply open our hearts to not what we're going to do for you, but for what you want to do for us. That once again, you will reveal to us the presence of Jesus Christ in our lives, in our families, in our church, in the communities in which we dwell, and in our world. And as you open up our hearts with your grace to receive your Son, Jesus Christ, may our lives be changed and transformed by his presence, that we might become the very presence of Jesus Christ to all that we will meet in the holy days of Advent and ultimately in the great feast of Christmas. And may Almighty God bless all of our listeners, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Bishop. Thank you, Thank you all very much. Have much. A great being with you, as and, always. And safe driving. Take care. All right, right after this break, we'll start our Straight Talk session. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 